This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Yana Shanaeus. This is our preview episode of Foam's match on Saturday against Blackpool, which should be interesting, and I look forward to talking to Giannis about that. And as I always mention, uh, we are live now on the Cottage Talk Twitter page, the Cottage Talk Facebook page, and please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're really trying to build up the YouTube channel. So we're live in all three places, Giannis. And if you have a question for Giannis, feel free to share it with us and also at the end, a prediction. But Giannis, let's not waste any time. Give me your opening thoughts on what's been going on since the beginning of the season. Listen, we did our 10-year anniversary show, but let's look back at the beginning of the season the only way it starts better, Giannis, is if they beat Middlesbrough. Beyond that, what is there to complain? So I want to get your thoughts on what we've watched so far from this team. And they deserve to be where they are, top of the league. It is on goal difference, but they are top of the league. They deserve to be there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I always got the feeling that Neil Warnick's a bit of a wizard, isn't he? He's going to go and try to stupid in that first game. Game we should have absolutely hammered the bar. Um, but then, you know, getting the wins, I mean, Huddersfield, we had thumped, who would have thought they'd be in top four now? Unbelievable. Went down to the Den, hostile atmosphere, got the three points, um, disposed of Hull City and Stoke fairly comfortably, and we still missed a penalty. Yeah. Um, so we've played well, and, you know, West Brom, up being up there, Valerian Eshmael's team being up there is not a surprise. I think they got... A nice team, although they just lost uh, Dara um, O'Shea for several months with an ankle injury, and that's a, wow. I think, a very big loss for West Brom. Um, so we're up there and, and, and playing well. We've got a, um, with the thing with the international break. I mean, it concerns most Premier League managers, and Marco Silva's now really going to see firsthand how it, it, it really does impact on us. I mean, we've got Blackpool Saturday, 
Yep. Then we go up to St Andrews in the week to play Lee, Bo- Lee Bowyer's Birmingham. That's going to be a difficult game, and that's not. That's going to be a tricky game, um, just because they're playing well. They went to the Kenilworth Road and hammered Luton five nothing, and um, they look like a nice little team. A couple of nice buys at the transfer window. So Marco's having to deal with a nice squad that was announced today, but with the potential absentees and injuries that we that have come from the international break. With two games, one Blackpool, which is very winnable, and the second one, which is going to be invariably tricky. Let's not forget, of course, that we, we got through Birmingham in the League Cup and we have to play Leeds, and I'm really looking forward to that. That, that should be a super, super match. Um, so I've been very happy, and hopefully we can put some points on the board again on Saturday, but we are going to be down some players, it looks like. Absolutely, Giannis, and we're going to talk about that in a second. Has there been anything that has surprised you in the beginning of the season? Well, I mean, the, the performance of Jean-Michel Serre has been a, a revelation. and uh, I mean, we were, we were all willing to drive the taxis to the airport to get rid of him. <laughs> Let, let's be honest about it. Um, uh, Fabio Cavallo has been absolutely mag, uh, magnificent. Uh, Mitro looks like he's he's completely reborn. Josh Arnimer has been playing very, very well. And yet you've got Harrison Reed, but, you know, breathing down his neck. Um, uh, Bobby Reed has been doing his, his normal impeccable stuff. Tim Ream was... Again, reborn. Denis Audouard, of course, has taken over Kenny Tete. And I thought played very well against um, Stoke. And Cyrus Christie was included in the 25-man squad today. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and I think that's very important. Cyrus got some time for the Republic of Ireland in the week as a call-up for, for um, Coleman, for Seamus Coleman. And that's good. this is going to be important for Marcus Silva because if you look at the... So the fight of the World Cup qualifiers, and for that we've got to look at the Euros, and particularly uh, CONCACAF, where a couple of our players, Reem and Robinson, are prominent. He's going to need every one of those 25, plus the, the little babies, the little youngsters that he's got as well. So, um, overall, um, you know, very pleasing, but, you know, these are the weeks where managers, many managers, fret because they don't have their, their squad and they're at the mercy of players getting injured. And unfortunately, we found out about this uh, this week. Okay. All right. Let me just share this because, again, this has been a concern. We've also seen the speculation that Barcelona might be interested in Fabio. And that's a concern. You know, I'm not going to lie about that. But I, I do think, you know, and again, there is – all kinds of talk out there, speculation that he hopefully will be signing a new deal there that Fulham are hopeful that he's going to sign a new deal. But I understand Steve's concern here, Steve Turner. I noticed no squad numbers for Fabio Carvalho and that worries me. I really don't want to lose him. What are your thoughts about the situation with Fabio right now? Well, well, in terms of Fabio and, and say Stansfield and Tyrese Francois, they don't technically need to have squad numbers because they're under twenty-one. So that's the first thing. So that's yeah. that. That hopefully puts Steve's mind at rest. Um, we don't need to officially register them, them as our twenty-five-man squad. Right. In terms of the uh, the contract thing, of course, it worries me. If you look at um, players that, that we've lost, uh, we've lost previously. Um, it um, Patrick Roberts, Dembele. Um, we are at the mercy of developing these kids from five, six, seven years of age and the big clubs coming in. I'm hopeful that we're going to get a contract signed. I hope I so. I think in the long term, assuming that we can get promoted, I think that the, the, the with him at the centre, 
of what we do next year. This has got the makings of a very good team, providing he stays healthy. And um, lest we forget, we have 14 months till the World Cup. And he's a player, I think, with his skill set and his potential development who could potentially be knocking on the door for the World Cup. I mean, I think a lot... I mean, I, I looked at the side of the game against Poland yesterday. Yep. You looked at the starting eleven. Of course, Foden was missing. Uh, but I think if you look forward, I think 14 months is a long time. Play, players like um, Cavallo, Eberece, Eze, Harvey Barnes, um, Jack Harrison, these are players who I think can definitely knock on the door. And players, um, uh, and I get maybe unpopular opinion, players like Jordan Henderson, yep. uh, Jesse Lingard, uh, Mason Greenwood, who I'm not entirely convinced about, um, could find themselves on the outside looking in. And, and there are good players coming. So I think that uh, providing we can keep Cavay is a good thing, but but uh, the reports are suggesting that we're going to sign him. And I think we need to because we're going to end up selling him for, for a good amount at some point. And uh, I think in terms of the sustainability of the club, that's going to be a good thing. Okay. And I'm actually just reading from the form website about the 25-man squad list. It says registered players age 21 and under do not need to be included on the list mm-hmm. as they are automatically eligible to participate in championship fixtures. That's correct, yes. That is, so, so that's good news. Yep. So thank you, everyone, for commenting on that. And I should have done my little homework and uh, caught that on the full website. But, you know, there's a Goldman for the show. But uh-huh. that won't be the first one. <laughs> well, that would be the first one, but be the first of many. All right. Good stuff there, my friend. Any other surprises on the squadless? You know, and again, now we have the caveat of this. But was Cyrus Christie the one that surprised you? Or were you not yeah. surprised? Well, I am and I'm not because I know that he was trying to negotiate a move away from the cottage. Uh, Marco Silva had made it clear that he wasn't part of his plans, but he yep. wasn't. He turned down a move to Nottingham Forest. And personally, I'm rather happy to see him stick around because I still think we need the depth. I still, it's, a, okay. it's 46 games. It's a long still season. In the, it's a long season. Something must have happened that he just, uh, I think every coach has that where they look at a player and say, I don't fancy you. I don't fancy. You know, and others might go, no, no, he's a better player than you think. But I think every coach has this. And where um, I'm going to use an example, uh, as an example, look at what happened to Jesse Lingard at United. Yep. He couldn't get a spot. He went to Villa. He was, at, he was, you know, he was, he was sort of Villa. He went to West Ham and he was absolutely brilliant. And every game, you, every year, you have a few of these players that get loaned and then they, it seems to rejuvenate their career. And all of a sudden, they're back, they're, they're back in the limelight. Um, Cyrus Christie still at Republic of Ireland International. They're trying to re- Kenny is trying to rebuild that team, and and they're not going to make the World Cup. They've had a you know miserable um, start, obviously to their their um, their group. But I think it's important to keep Christie around because at some point we may need him. And in any case, it's not to say that clubs won't come sniffing for him in the January transfer window, right? when injuries start to pile up because of the winter. And I think that Christy, I like, I, I've got a lot of time for Christy, um, but um, I'm sure we'll find takers for him in, in, in the January window that will uh, pick him up. Okay. Excellent. All right, Yanis, obviously the focus is going to be on, on the Blackpool match, but what we're going to talk about right now has, I think an impact on that. So let's talk about this. Mitro and Harry Wilson both got injured on international duty and 
Harry Wilson, you know, again, it was potential concussion issue. And with Mitro, obviously, it's his face. What, what are your thoughts about both of these players? And Marco Silvas really was, uh, at this point, kind of a wait-and-see tomorrow situation with both of these players. So what are your thoughts mm. about both of them? Do you think we'll see either one of them against Blackpool? I think this is going to be a tricky call. Harry Wilson will talk about it first because he got it against, against Estonia, but according to concussion protocols, he should be out for two weeks. And I shouldn't. You don't mess around with that nonsense. No. I think if, it's a, if, it, if he's put under concussion protocol, then I think you'll see him out for a minimum of two weeks. And I don't have a problem with that. I think, I think um, injuries to the melon are injuries to the melon, right? It's a head injury. Um, it can be very, very serious, and you don't take any chances. So I, I'm going to anticipate he'll be out for a couple of weeks. Mitro got an elbow to the face, and you saw him um, during the game. He he, um, uh, he played against the Republic of Ireland Tuesday. I watched segments of that game. He didn't look he, – he was okay, but he came back to the cottage with a black eye. Uh, um, and so I'm, – and I'm also wondering – he said he had – Marco Silva said in the press today he had a couple of issues. And I'm wondering if part of it might not be concussion-related because he took an elbow to the eye. It's still a blow to the head. So um, it's one of those things where uh, Harry Wilson, I think, is definitive. He's, he's out. He'll be out. He's not playing. But with Mitro, he might go, well, should we give him a few more days rest? He's had to travel. You know, he's had two road games. Do we give him a few more days rest and get him ready for the Birmingham City when potentially you could play Cavalier up front? You could put Stansfield and give him his first league outing. You could after two weeks of training, maybe throw Munoz into the into the mix and give him a few days and say, look, do we have enough in our, you know, in our armory to beat Blackpool? And my answer is yes. So I think it's, for a precautionary measure, I would not be surprised if both Mitro and Harry Wilson are out. And as I yep. said before, one of the problems about going into international duty, we're at the mercy yep. of all sorts of games. And for example, if you watch the England-Poland game yesterday, um, I can think of a lot of Premier League managers who would have been shuddering at some <laughs> of the, 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 the uh, I mean, um, Jack Grealish got his ass kicked all over the shop for 90 minutes. Yep. Um, Poland were physical and somewhat, frankly, sometimes, frankly, dirty. That, that's Glick got done for pinching Walker's neck and apparently he's been reported. So, I mean, it, it was it, it was ugly. Um, Lewandowski, who's one of the best players in the world, funny yep. enough, was the most sporting of them all, but you expect that that's his reputation. But a lot of the players just, right. I thought it was just thuggery. And what can you do as a manager when your, your players are sent out on duty to play for their countries and you're exposed to the sort of nonsense? You live in the US. Yep. I live in Canada. And CONCACAF is a disaster because you've got refs who are useless and you're playing teams like Costa Rica, Panama, El Salvador, Honduras, Mexico, in the most hostile of environments, where it's very hot, where you've got people partying outside hotel rooms, where these players are looking to kick ribbons out of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, gives, it gives managers fit, fits. So, um, but anyway, I think Mitro doesn't start this weekend, and, I, and Harry will not start this weekend. Okay. And just to uh, also mention some of the uh... – speculation or discussion out there. The reports are that he had blurred vision talking about 
Harry Wilson, and uh, they did run all the protocols. But again, it's now he's with the uh, doctors with form. So now it comes to form to see if it was a concussion. I don't know. You know, none of us know. But it sounds like to me, like you said, Giannis, if it's if it's a concussion, he'll be out for a while. But again, we'll yeah. we'll have we'll have to see. When when I hear blurred vision, I get a little bit concerned. He couldn't continue. He had to come off. No. no. So that tells me that there's something wrong. That tells me that there's something wrong. But we shall see him. And same thing with Mitro. We're, we're going to have to see. But that's also why we have to have a deep squad for situations like that. And uh, I'm just going to share a couple more comments here. And Steve, again, says, I was reading on, on Wales Online Post that Wales versus Stoney again that Harry Wilson is injured, possible concussion. Will likely miss Blackpool game. That's what we're talking about. We will have to see. Now, this is from Isaac. Mitro and Harry Wilson getting injured is why foam fans say the disclaimer touch wood before we say any optimistic thing. But I will just say this, Isaac, and back to you, Giannis. In most instances, I would say I understand all that because it's Fulham and everything that happens with Fulham, but this is a deep squad. Even with these two players out, Fulham have more than enough still, Giannis, to beat Blackpool, okay? They they do, okay? Does it make it more difficult? Absolutely. They can still beat Blackpool. I, I truly believe that. But we do have to mention that they could be down some really a few key players. All right, my friend, let's move on. Let's talk about a player that, again, people were commenting to me, messaging me from fans of the U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. They couldn't talk enough good things about Anthony Robinson's play last night. Now, he came on as a substitute in the second half, scored a goal, but it was more than that, as everyone keeps telling me. Yeah. And this is a positive thing. Now, you do have the risk-reward when you deal with international duty on us. But this is something that actually could be a, a benefit to Fulham is you've got Anthony Robinson playing in the CONCACAF, which is very difficult, rough and tumble, as you just mentioned. But he is playing at a high level against players that, again, that are only going to help him play better. And uh, and he's playing with some very good players in the U.S. men's national team. I actually think playing for the U.S. men's national team could help him get even better with Fulham. I want to get your thoughts on Robinson because I'm just telling you, several people contacted me. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because the, the American media were up in arms after their first game. It was a nil-nil draw in El Salvador. I know the knives were out for the coach. And then, oh, yes. Then they played Canada, and um, I watched the whole game, and, and I, I thought, uh, we, I'm going to say Canada, we, um, yeah. We have we've got some we've got the best player in Concacaf. Hands down, I, I agree yeah. with that. And I thought I was very skeptical of the Canadian coach uh, John Herdman when he took over, but he's done a he's done a, a superb job. This is a very difficult team to play. They're organised, got sp- speed in in certain areas. They have got a good goalkeeper, Boyan, who's a good leader. And so I think I think we surprised the Americans with the draw, and and, and I think we were more than worthy of doing that. Anthony Robinson, I thought, played very well against Canada, and he played very well last night. Um, Robinson um, has obviously come a long way from Wigan, but um, you could see he's a class. He's one of the best players that the U.S. team have, and that's what shocked me yes. because um, 
when I saw the lineup for the Honduras game last night, the first thing I said is, okay, you've got, you don't have uh, Serginio Das there. Weston McKenney was sent home. Yeah. Um, you don't have Tim Ream and you don't have Anthony Robinson. Like, what the hell are you clinging to? Uh, what a terrible looking lineup. It was full of kiddies. And then at halftime, the coaches figured out, oh, I think we better get our best players or players that can do the job. And Robinson's goal was very, very well taken. He's played very well for us this year. He has. So well that Joe Bryan's only been able to play one game, which was against uh, the Brummies in the League Cup. I don't think Robinson starts on Saturday. Okay. Um, I, and I wouldn't start him against Blackpool because he's had to fly over from England um, Travel down to El Salvador, that's hostility. Go back to Nashville where they're the game against the Canadians. They go back to Honduras. Go back to Tegucigalpa for, the, for that game last night. Very good result by the Americans. Yep. And then he would have had to have gone back to the US to get back to the UK. And I think it would be, um, I don't think he needs to play Saturday. I think Joe Bryan should be given the game. Okay. Give Robinson some, some chance to rest. Get him ready um, for Birmingham. Get him ready for Birmingham. Tim okay. Ream is an interesting one as well because Tim Ream... But he didn't play. He didn't. But the problem, again, um, for Tim Ream is the travel. He'll have had to have done exactly the same travel as Anthony Robinson. And it's still a lot of hours in the air. Um, and that's why I was sort of relieved when I was looking at the, you know, the training videos this year, this week at Motspur Park um, because Bobby Dacadover and... and, and Michael Hector were not involved in the Jamaican squads. Right. And that was a relief because can you imagine if they'd been involved, you might be talking about more players are out. At least they are available, especially Bobby Reed, to go. Right. Whereas I think with Ream, Ream is going to be touch and go. But I think Robinson does not play Saturday. I think okay. uh, Joe, Joe Bryan must play because he needs he needs a few days off because the, the, the travel schedule is um, – it's – like it's hard, man. I mean, having to play three games in two weeks—that's a lot. Qualifying, yeah, against some of these teams. I mean, they, they, they don't. I mean, you know, <laughs> for those of you watching, I mean, you and, and listening, you know, you've watched the European qualifiers and you see all the countries and, and da da da. But one of the criticisms of the Euro right now is you've got so many patsy teams. I mean, England put out a B team against Andorra and beat them by four. But Andorra right. just beaten San Marino two nothing. You've got Liechtenstein, you've got Gibraltar, you've got Moldova, you've got Belarus, um, you've got the Faroe Islands, you've got Malta, you've got Cyprus. There are so many really, really terrible teams in Europe. But when you get to the CONCACAFs... And it's a hexagon. It's, or, and it's always yeah. right. And, and you, you, you've got the, or the octagon. Uh, octagon, octagon, or is it octagon? octagon, octagon right. Yeah. So now they ch- what, what CONCACAF did is they changed the qualifiers. So the first five teams were the highest ranked countries in FIFA. So you had US, Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, and Costa Rica. And then Panama, Jamaica, and Canada, and Canada. qualified from pre-qualifiers. And it's turned right. out to be better. Because each country gets 14 games. But the problem is we've got players. So I can think of four that are part of that. And a lot. it's a lot of traveling. It is, Giannis. It's, They're going to be going back and forth. And this is going to be going through March. So yes. this is going to continue. And I guess we're going to have to really watch this. Because the travel when you're going over to CONCACAF, I think is much more strenuous than 
the travel in Europe because of, like you said, you're going from, say, the United States to Honduras, to El Salvador, to mm. these other Central America countries. There's a lot of travel involved. So I understand why you're talking about the situation with Robinson and, of course, Reem. And we'll have to see how Marco Silva deals with it. But, again, it goes back to the fact that we have this deep squad. And good point by you. Thankfully, Bobby decadover Reed and also Michael Hector did not participate. So that actually helps Fulham because when they come over to this side of the ocean, it's harder. It's um, Travel-wise, I believe it's much harder. And I think that's when you get in these situations that we're talking about now with two players that would start. We don't know. If, we don't know if Marco Silva is going to start them, and you don't think that Marco Silva should start Anthony Robinson. No, I certainly no understand way. that. No. Based on how many games we have coming up, you got the Birmingham game. You have to kind of manage your squad, and uh, this is one of the issues he has on his plate. Thankfully. The squad depth hopefully will help fall them out. Okay, coming up next, we're going to talk about the Blackpool match. I'm also going to mention a couple of former Fulham players that are now with Blackpool. Okay, Giannis, let's now get into our preview of this upcoming match. And listen, let's give Blackpool a lot of credit. They came up from League One, and now they're in the championship. And I know for a fact so many Fulham supporters are looking forward to going to Blackpool. It's an event when they go down there. They, they, they're looking forward to it. and uh, But it's still a match. It's still a team that Fulham have to play. And uh, like I said, we're dealing with some squad issues. So before we talk about Fulham, give me your thoughts on Blackpool. Well, I mean, last time we played Blackpool, they were in, I think it was Premier League. And when I think of that, I think of Charlie Adam. Uh, and I think of their sponsors. I think their name was Wonga. It was like a, a, a debt collection thing or, you know, cheap loans. And when they were in the Premier League, they entertained a lot of teams. And they've had a lot of problems with their, um, uh, the, with the Oyston family, the former owners. Yes, so, I remember all that. And ultimately, you know, spare a thought for <clears> teams like Berry that went under, Bolton Wanderers, Oldham Athletic fans right now. What was it they did? They invaded the pitch last week and... You know, they're really unhappy with the ownership. And Blackpool had for many years, many issues. Delighted to see them back in the championship. They've got a fairly small squad. Um, they've got um, two, two, old, um, two old Fulham boys in, uh, in Husband and Garbutt. Garbutt was a boy we picked up from uh, Everton on loan. That's right. Looked a good pickup. I remember seeing, I think, I think it was, might have been his last game, one of his last games in a, in a pre-season against Palace in 2016. And he got... He got, he got his left ankle injured. And um, and husband would, came to us after the relegation. I think it was 2014-15. He was That's okay. right. Went to Millwall. Decent players, but weren't quite of the quality that we needed. Um, in terms of, I mean, their best player is probably Shane Lavery. Um, yes. He's really established himself with, with Yates up front. I mean, he's he's now an international player, and he, he's certainly capable of scoring goals. But they're going to miss Connolly. They're right back because he got, he got sent off. Um, during the 2-1 defeat down at the Den against Millwall. Um, they're a workmanlike squad. They're not a particularly deep squad, but they will play it tough at home, and they will be probably buoyed by the fact that, from what I'm hearing, Fulham have completely sold out their, their away allotment, <laughs> which is, exactly. think, is for a nice day out at the beach and, and 
go and have a few uh, wobbly pops at adult beverages. It's a, it's a team that haven't won yet, um, but they can't be um, taken lightly, as, as no. our friends the Cherries found out a couple of weeks ago, um, when they were 2 nothing up against Blackpool down at uh, the Vitality, and Blackpool came back to tie it up. So they're overdue right. their first win. They'll be worried about us. It's a game we should win with the lineup we've got out, but I don't think we should take them lightly by any means. I totally agree with that, Yanis. You know, it's funny because I've been listening to a lot of championship podcasts lately. And Fulham, I'm just going to mention that I'm hoping to get some members of these podcasts, hopefully on Cottage Talk at some point. I'm just going to say that. And there's been one particular podcast that's been, let's just say, going back and forth with many Fulham supporters. And, uh, you know, I have some thoughts about some of that, but maybe uh, if I can get a member of that podcast on, we'll have a nice little chat about it. But regardless, I've been listening to several different championship podcasts. There are several of them. And every time I listen to them, the conversation begins with Fulham and uh, Blackpool. It begins with Fulham and West Brom. And it just shows the gap. But here's the thing about it, Giannis. And I keep telling people this, and I'll tell everyone watching and listening right now, you're going to agree with me on this. Anyone can beat anyone in the championship, even now. The gap is much bigger than what we're used to seeing in the championship. Mm -hmm. But Blackpool can beat Fulham. Blackburn can beat Fulham. But Fulham should beat these sides. And I'm just giving two examples. There shouldn't be a team that Fulham shouldn't really beat at this point. They should beat every team in the league. They really should. But that does not mean that you can just show up. They can't go to Blackpool and just show up, my friend. They have to go there to win. And you brought up a great example because Bournemouth up 2-0, cruising, probably took their foot off the gas and then did a what we've seen a little bit under Scott Parker, maybe got a little bit defensive. I didn't watch the match, but I'm, I'm just guessing here based on – some of the comments I've seen, and Blackpool got right back in the game. So they are capable of playing against one of the better sides in the division, which we will say should be Bournemouth. You can't take this team lightly at all, Giannis. Yeah, absolutely. And for the, for the, for the members of the other podcasts that like to throw mud at our club and our supporters, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a few examples. Stoke City, um, Bournemouth to an extent, Swansea City who are struggling right now, Huddersfield Town. These are clubs that, that got relegated like we have, and they had the huge umbrella payments. Um, it's, not, it's not our fault that the rules are dictated the way they are. Yeah. If people do their research and do their job, and I don't give a shit what they say about it, but yeah. if they do their job, they will know the composition of our squad last year, rightly or wrongly, was that Tony Khan decided to bring a bunch of loans in, which meant that a bunch of the players that had taken us up to the Premier League, suddenly within on the outside looking in. So That's you right. You didn't have Joe Bryan. You didn't have Monsieur Dwy. You didn't have Tim Ree. You didn't have Hector. You didn't have Arnold. Niskins Cabana. We Niskins can go down Cabana, the list. Right. So they were ignored. So they buggered off to all their cl- clubs, had to laugh at Lookman going to Leicester. Let's hope to God he doesn't take penalties. But, <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it's all oh, money bags, money bags fallen because we spent 12 million on Harry Wilson, even though, it's deferred payments. You see, right. We know the deal. Right. We know we know right. the deal. They don't know the deal. They, they don't, don't understand know. that. And it's funny. And I want to give Fulmish credit on this because they talked about it on their podcast. When we talk about some of these other podcasts looking at Fulham, 
and looking at all teams, they're looking at all teams as a division, right, Giannis, or as the EFL as a whole. They don't know these teams as well as the individual supporters do. They don't know everything that they can't know. There are too many teams. They don't know what's going on. We know. So when they say some things that, again, that they don't really know enough about, that's where the criticism comes on. And I understand the criticism. They deserve the criticism. But if you're going to really talk about Fulham in depth, talk to someone that actually supports them. Like our show, like Fulhamish, like Fulham Focus, mm-hmm. like the Fofcast, like yes. all the Fulham supporters. Yes. We know our team better than anyone else. Yeah, and, and you know what makes it even more infuriating? I've got to say this, Ross. Go ahead. That, um, the second tier oh, – I'm going to name them. Yep. Second tier podcast, all right? They, they, they blab and they blob and they blib. And they've had Benjamin Bloom on as a guest. Perhaps maybe something in their brain will tell them to listen to Benjamin Bloom. Because if you ever listen to him, this guy is as knowledgeable about Fulham as he is about Blackpool, as he is about Millwall. Ben does his homework. Ben does his homework. Yes. In fact, his partner, Shay Lee, and the little baby Enid, she knows more than their podcast does. She's at least when she picks the kits, she comes out with reasoning and she comes out with cogent arguments yeah you, you watch this thing okay what the hell bollocks are you talking about what are you talking about no no it's all nonsense and you're right far Fulhamish, these are superb podcasts they understand the club right they understand the game and that's and because the financial game has to be understood as much as anything else and exactly as much more so why don't you throw mud at west brom why don't you throw mud at Sheffield United? They've got Sander Burgos worth thirty million. They didn't sell. They got right. Ryan Bruce that they spent for twenty right. million. So how come you don't throw shade at them, but you throw shade at us? Like, like, uh, like, shut up, honestly. Anyway, gonna get me riled up, but I'm sorry, yeah, Giannis. What. And 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 listen, I'm just bringing it up because uh, I might be having one of uh, the members of that podcast on here because I, I I would like to have a nice conversation about all of this stuff. And just in general, but to talk about one person who does his homework, and I'm not saying that these guys don't. Ben is excellent. He knows, I don't know how he does it, but he really does a lot of research on all these teams. He, yeah. you know, and that's why I've always said I Benjamin Bloom, I think, is has the best video series. You can it's not really a podcast, it's a video series on the championship. He is that knowledgeable on it. Yeah, and so good. I I want to give him credit. Enough talking about that, but listen, let's let's move on and let's get into this, my friend. So let's start here. How does Fulham win this match? Now, again, like I said, you can't take a team lightly. You are Marco Silva. We'll talk about key players in just a second, but what do Fulham need to do to get all three points? They can't just show up, my friend. No, and I don't think Marco's going to allow that. I think we've got to do what we've done in the first five games, which is come out quickly. Just come out quickly, attack them, get an early goal, which is what we have a habit of doing, and um, get stuck in. They've got, they've got centre-back in, in Keo that's 35, 36, 400, however old he is. And they're not particularly quick at the back. Um, we've got enough players, even if we don't have Ream, we don't, uh, and we don't have Robinson, we don't have Mitro, um, that we can cause them a lot of trouble. And yep. I think we will... Uh, Marco Silva is um, he he strikes me as a terra firma coach, as in 
he's very, very level-headed. And he's going to look at this game and go, Blackpool, okay, all right. Um, we've got 13 points, I just made anything. We're not winning yep. anything. We're just, we, we, we don't just show up and say, yeah, thank, right. thank you very much. He's going to be up for that. And um, I'm expecting a very competitive lineup. And uh, he's had a, a chance to enact some new things. And I'm looking forward to a, a good, positive lineup. And I'm good at looking forward to... Um, I'm looking forward to us winning up there because I think that um, Blackpool will put up a fight. No disrespect. Oh, I, I just think totally we've got agree. enough in the army. We've got enough in the, the army there to, to um, even if we've got losses, and hopefully give players a little bit of rest for the Birmingham game, which I think is going to be an infinite, infinitely trickier game. Okay. But way. I will say this because I will ask you for your starting 11 in just a second. Fulham have enough to beat Blackpool, and they should have – enough players with quality, even with the situations that they have to beat Blackpool. No disrespect to them. You have to take them seriously, but they need to treat this game like any opponent, like they just played Stoke City. You take it to them, and you get all three points. All right, my friend. Who do you see as key players for Fulman? Then I'll I'll get your starting 11. Who do you think needs to play well for them to get all three points? Well, Sarri had a lot of playing time away. Uh, for his country um, during the international break, but assuming he's in decent shape, I think the central threesome of, of Serie Arnhem and, um, and Colvaio are going to cause major eruptions. I just think that the whole the whole team seems to function around those three. And whoever you've got up front have got the ability to stretch the fullbacks. And whoever you've got in the middle is going to have the ability to, to, to act as a good target man that will, okay. will uh, stretch defenders as well. I think those three in the middle will be an absolute key. One of the things about... Um, when does Harrison Reed come back in? Great question. Great question. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, is the, is the game against Brummy the game to bring him back and maybe give on him another game? Probably. I think you, you I don't think you can, um, you saw yesterday with the England Poland game where Southgate made one critical error, which is he kept the same 11 on the field. He didn't make any, he didn't make any. Um, substitutions and and the game management was a little naive and the polls came back in that. I think one of the things that that uh, Silver can do is do some rotation with the two games coming up. It's going to be three games in eight days, and um, I can I anticipate that uh, Harrison could come in for what will be a more physical game against Brummy. They're certainly going to be um, certainly going to be up for it, and um, I think that's what's going to happen and. Uh, just to make sure they rotate the squad um, and put fresh legs in there. And he's got, he's got players in the bench as well. You can do that with. So, Okay. Excellent there, Giannis. All right. I just want to share some comments. This is from our, our friend, Colm Bugler. And uh, this goes back to talking about Benjamin Bloom. And Ben says this all the time on his podcast. Leave your bias at the door because Absolutely. he just gives them facts. And I'm seeing all, all the comments about, Ben's uh, video series and it's excellent. So I just I just wanted to share that. Okay, my yes, friend, let's get to it. Give me your starting eleven. What you would do? Okay, so I'm gonna think. Right, so Gazaniga in that back four. Joe Bryan at left. Denny O'Dwyer at right. Um, I I'm going to go with Tosin and Mawson at the back in the middle. I wouldn't be surprised okay. if Reem starts, but uh, I'm going to go with Tosin and Mawson. Uh, in the midfield, the threesome will be Seri, um, Onoma, and Cavallo. And up front, 
I think it's going to be Cabana on the left, Bobby Dacodova Reed on the right, and Jay Stansfield in the middle. Really? But, yes, I, I think because um, when Silva said that uh, Mitro had a couple of issues, we know that the one big issue was his eye, but what's the other one? Is it, a, is it another body injury or is it maybe a concussion related? Nothing was said. And I'm going to assume that we may just see him on the bench just, be, just because the Birmingham game is coming up Tuesday and he has a deep enough squad. So I don't think Munoz will be ready, but I think Stansfield will be buoyed by his performance against the Brummies in the okay. League Cup. And why not, give him, why not give him this game? I mean, I mean, Silva could play it safe and put Cavalier in the middle, but I think this is the one where you let, you know, Stansfield, he's going to get really, really good service. Bobby Reed is brilliant in whatever he does, and Cabano's trickery can cause, uh, uh, providing the midfield is intact, the strikers yep. can operate, and I don't think you're going to miss much with Joe Bryan coming in. It'll be good for him, and this gives Robinson a chance to rest his legs. And if Ream doesn't start, Mawson played, has played well. Um, yeah. So I, I'd feel comfortable with that lineup. There might be. I mean, we don't. I mean, the, the, the Ream Mitro thing is comsi comsar, but that's right. the 11 I'd go with. Okay, Giannis. All right. Floyd, Floyd, Let's I, end the show. And if you're watching live, feel free to share your prediction for the match. What is your prediction for the for the match, Giannis? Well, Floyd Aito is not going to play, so that gives us a heads up, um, I think. But I'm going to say, I didn't say 2 nothing, Russ. I didn't 2 nothing. I know there's still a little bit, it's, I know there's still a little bit of hesitancy about Gazaniga versus Rodak. Rodak played for Slovakia. But Gazaniga really hasn't done a lot wrong. And, and, and I think... One of the things that was impressed me in the first five games is we've given very, very few chances up. Um, you know, it's Millwall gave us a test late. Huddersfield didn't do anything or anything really. Middlesbrough scored a lucky goal late. Um, Hull didn't do anything, and Stoke sort of grew into the game, but they really, they, you know, it could have. Remember, it could have been four nothing uh, if it wasn't for Mitro's um, miss. So. Um, I can't see them really troubling us. Um, I think this is a, a game we should win. I, I, the Birmingham game will be very different. Um, but I think we should be comfortable. Plus, we've got all those fans going up there as well, which I think is going to be great. Okay. All right. I'm going to share some comments from the Fulham supporters. Dan Mason has 1-0 to Fulham. Let's see what else we've got. Good chance for players coming in to stamp their mark. Agree with 2-0. Going with you, Giannis. Let's see. <laughs> I love yeah. this own goal by Ralph Leach I like that let's see Kerr has 3-0 to foam so there you go on that and uh, just going to share this because here's someone has a lot of comments to say and here I'll just share this Blackpool 2 foam nil see you guys tomorrow okay well okay I don't know if you're mean Saturday but we'll see you on Saturday okay we'll see what happens I okay do, yeah I don't know I don't know about that one I, I is he is he on the beach having Blackpool rock or something I don't know I don't know um, lovely don't know. place though Blackpool everyone rock. everyone's entitled to their opinion everyone's yeah absolutely <laughs> couldn't agree more <gasps> okay know, we're not losing the Blackpool I'm sorry okay okay well I haven't no, given my prediction and Giannis, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say 2-0 to Fulham. I, I think that's a, a safe uh, prediction. I'm going to go 2-0 to Fulham, and we will see what happens. Anyways, 
Before we go, Giannis, it's always fun to do a show with you. And thank you for doing this on Thursday. We're doing it a day early because of my schedule. So thank you, Giannis, for being flexible enough to be able to do the show today. I, I appreciate it. Always love doing a show with you. Always a pleasure. And um, I feel a little bit World Cup tuckered out because I've watched so many <laughs> games. But there's been some 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 really, really good footy. There, ha- there has been. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Faroe Islands winning a game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's. Uh, I, I will say this though, and I know yep. this is going to be unpopular, but I'll just say this. I think now that UEFA, the way I love that they introduced this Nations League where you got A, B, yep. C, D. I like right? it. But I think it's getting to the point now with World Cup qualifying where I think that FIFA really needs to look at pre qualifications because you don't see. Um, Certainly in CONCACAF, you don't see scores like this. You don't see scores like this in the African nations. You don't see it in Asia. You don't see it down in the Australasia thing. Yep. It's only in the Euros that you see. I mean, occasionally, you, you know, I don't know, the U.S. play uh, the British Virgin Islands and beat them 10-0. I mean, occasionally that happens. Yeah. But in the Euros, you're seeing these ridiculous score lines with, with, um, and, and it's becoming um, with where clubs are playing Basically, they're doing what England did against Andorra, playing the second string yeah. for World Cup qualifier, and it just so is so disrespectful that I really think that you're going to need to need to start looking at the pre qualifiers uh, to determine clubs that qualify. Because otherwise, you look at each group and you go, okay, one decent team, one okay team, one not so okay, and two patties. Yeah. And it's 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 becoming it's really becoming daft. I just just my my feeling, but. Okay. Um, there's some, I mean, look, Armenia, I mean, they're doing okay, but Armenia are second in Germany's group for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, let, I mean, there's there's no, anyway, that's just my bone. <laughs> Not bones. a problem. Not a problem. Yes. I, I do want to just mention one more thing about our 10 year anniversary show. And it was also great that I was able to do a show again with Kyle on Monday. It was fun mm-hmm. to have it all basically back to the future. But I do want to say this about you uh, because, again, I remember when you started on Cosh Talk when you first contacted me, and um, I'm just so glad. I'm so fortunate. Fortunate that I was able to uh, do a show with you, that you contacted me to do a show, and uh, it's just been wonderful having you as part of this, Giannis. I I can't imagine Cottage Talk without you. So I just want to thank you for all that you've done for – me for the show more importantly your friendship thank you Giannis. thank you mate i'm not sure if i was sober that first show um <laughs> i i don't i don't know if i was no it's been it's been absolutely fantastic and, and it is it is um it has had the being on the show has had the ups and downs of a Paitim kasami brilliant <laughs> um the most yeah that that oh, we, we, we've had some interesting yeah. shows to, to, to do because of Fulham and, and other things going on. Oh, There's been God. some interesting stuff, some yes. drama. But you know what? In the end, like I said, the fact that I'm still doing this, we're still doing this, and the fact that we have so many people watching and listening, just thank you to everyone. But I just wanted to single out you, Giannis, because I was so happy when uh, when you decided to do the show, and uh, it's just been great with you. So thank you. Thank you, Matey Poos. Let's get some three minutes, three points to celebrate. Absolutely. Hey, listen, 
if ABBA can reform, anything can happen. <laughs> this is true. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, it's as great as always to do a show with Janice, but let's wrap this up. For Janice and Ass, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.